It's fist pump hour here on 105.3 The Fan. Final hour of Sean and RJ. Alec Medford, Bobby Belt, and Justin Honoré on the ones and twos with you, the turn it on, leave it on listener. Tolo, baby, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 is the truckwreck.com text line to get involved. And a reminder that even though it's a holiday for some, we are also live on the fan cam, twitch.tv slash Dallas fan cam and the 105.3 The Fan YouTube page. You can see our beautiful faces, uh, which is probably not the greatest idea to wake up to here, uh, especially as I don my baseball Why cap. Why are you just waking up? It's 9 o'clock. Hey, I wake up at like 10 because I do evenings, you know? So You wake up at 10 every day? Well, when I'm not in class. Damn. Usually it's 7, but hey, you know, it's winter break. I'm trying to enjoy it while I can. And Lazy. I and I I work till like eleven or midnight a lot up here. So you in that awful you know work it ethic, man. It, I mean, hey, it, <laughs> I'm trying to enjoy being able to get sleep whenever I can. I still don't though because I I'm very much an, uh, a morning person. As weird as it sounds, because I will complain about waking up at four a.m. to host the morning show all morning, but when I get home at eleven, I love life. It is amazing. So uh, kudos to y'all for doing it five days a week because. Uh, I probably couldn't, if we're being honest. Uh, have to pull a Peyton. You'd have to call me at 5 in the morning and be Hello? like, hey, uh, you know you have work today, right? Hello? Uh, except it's actually the truth. Yes. Uh, Peyton's just taking de- uh, depression naps after New Year's <laughs> Eve, it sounds like. Yeah, poor Peyton. For those of you that were checking in for the update, uh, he doesn't get $150. He did not kiss anybody at midnight. It did uh, not go the way he said it was supposed to. So. Awfully predictable, I think. Folded like a lawn chair, Peyton. Folded like a lawn chair. I thought you were the Riz God. He, he was supposed to be. He said literally on this day part seven days ago that he was the Riz God. And no. there's there's zero Riz there. I take the title back then because he took it away from me because he said I'm younger. I'm the uh, I'm the Riz demigod is what he said. Oh. Now well, I'm the Riz God. So. Are, are you? Yes. Oh, okay. I guess I'll have to see that put into action. I'll, I'll back it up during the break. All uh, right. Let's see this. Don't mark that. Uh, so right now we are going to dive a little bit deeper into what could be a scary scenario. Uh, really a choose your fate, the red pill, blue pill thing for the Dallas Cowboys, if you will. Rodgers at AT&T Stadium. Undefeated. Never lost there. Never lost. Or Tom Brady in Tampa. Undefeated. Never lost to the Cowboys. Which boogeyman scares you more? Yes. Tom Brady on the road or Aaron Rodgers at home? Yes. Because obviously Tom Brady has not been Tom Brady this year. Yeah, he hasn't been himself and really the whole offense hasn't been great around him. He's still got the skill pieces. The play calling hasn't been excellent. Leonard Fournette hasn't been as expected. They've been leaning on Rashad White a lot more. Uh, which I really didn't see coming out of the offseason. Nothing's clicking, really, uh, but they're finding ways to get away with it, you know, almost like TCU-like, getting away with it That's at the right time. That's disrespectful. That's yeah, disrespectful because every, to TCU. Every, everyone wants to say it. KG kept saying it yesterday, the away with it All-Stars. And Reg Atatula, who just walked into the studio. Got that, Reggie. He, he's a uh, proud creator, co-creator of that saying, the getaway with it All-Stars. Damn. So... As hey, he nods his head. TCU, you're saying TCU is also the getaway with it All-Stars? I don't think TCU is. No, they're not. I, I've been saying that for months. I've had to defend them. I'm wearing the hoodie to prove okay. it. Okay, all right. 
Yeah, so, uh, but Tampa Bay has found some strange ways to win some games, and that division as a whole is unserious, might I add. It's pretty terrible. I, I mean, in general, like, when you look at the... Now, I think Tampa Bay has been able to clean it up now because they've won a couple games, but they've got... No, uh, no, everybody in that division is uh, on the negative side of point differential. <clears throat> All of them. Tampa Bay minus 32, New Orleans minus 12, Carolina minus 30, Atlanta minus 34. Just awful. And so here's the thing with it, though, is that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, neither one of them have been themselves this year. No. You've already, the way I look at this is I would rather take on <laughs> Rodgers and Green Bay because. Okay. You should have beaten Green Bay on the road. Tampa Bay, and I know it was a different team. It was week one. It's been a long time. Tampa Bay dominated you at home. And so, to me, I look at it and go, give me the opportunity to beat Green Bay again because I know I can do that. There's a, there's boogeyman factor to both of these guys. And there's going to be a lot to, you know, there's going to be some mental hurdles that you have to overcome with either one of them. But at the end of the day, give me the home game. Give me the guy I should have beat already. Uh, and and while Tom Brady, or while I think Aaron Rodgers is playing better than, than Tom Brady is overall, uh, neither one of these guys have been really good. And if, you, if you're if you a big believer in QBR, it says that Tom Brady's been better than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' QBR this year is 39.6, which is by far a career low. He's just, he's not played nearly as well as he, he normally has. Now, the, the Packers are on this four-game winning streak in large part due to the fact that they've started getting turnovers. Yeah. They had three takeaways against the Bears, one against the Rams, four against the Dolphins, four against the Vikings. So they're they're winning the turnover battle. They're taking the ball away. But other than that, like Rodgers hasn't played unreal during this four-game winning streak. During this four-game winning streak, 64% completions, four touchdowns, two interceptions, 87 passer rating. He's he's not been the same guy. And Brady, for for his part, Brady has not been normal Tom Brady in recent weeks. If you look over the last five weeks for them he's had 10 touchdowns seven interceptions his passer rating's 86 so it's one of those scenarios where i think either way neither one of these guys is what they used to be but you've i mean you've seen just as recently as november aaron Rodgers still has the ability to pick you apart when he needs to i mean they they really rogers was a magician in the fourth quarter and overtime against you and obviously, Christian Watson burned you really badly. It, it is a tough question. To me, though, I would say I'd, I'd rather take the team that I, I know I should have beat rather than the one that completely manhandled me. It's just so tough because week one against Tampa Bay at home feels like a year ago. It really does, no pun intended. Like, seriously, it feels like 365 days ago. It was that long ago. The teams are so different, as you mentioned. But with Rodgers and the Packers, you mentioned the fourth quarter failures, you know, and the failure in that game where he just picked you apart at the right time. He's not the only person to do it uh, to the Cowboys this year. You know, you had the Jacksonville game where Trevor Lawrence, you know, he found a way in the fourth quarter. You know, overtime happens. You lose in overtime. Uh, the Houston Texans kept it close up into the fourth quarter. Late in games is where the Cowboys have struggled against, you know, creative plays 
and opportunities being created against them. The ultimate opportunist is number 12 in Green Bay. So that is terrifying. The home crowd thing is a whole other conversation that, honestly, with Rodgers, he, he owns AT&T Stadium. We know that. The history is there. So I don't know if that's as much of an argument as it is between the quarterbacks. Do you want to be on the road versus at home? You know, outdoors in Tampa Bay. It's a chance to exercise your demons, too, though. That is true. Because, I mean, you've got a, a chance for Mike McCarthy to to beat Aaron Rodgers, not just as the team, but McCarthy and, and the Cowboys to beat Aaron Rodgers after what happened. And so, why not knock it out? Get it done. I mean, there's a chance to exercise your demons regardless, whether it's Brady or Rodgers. But to me, I just, I'd, I'd rather take the team. And look, the, the truckwreck.com fan text is pointing out, look at how, how uh, Mike Evans and the passing game played yesterday. And it was absurd. Yeah, like Brady was great in the second half. Mike Evans was great in the second half. Those are those are all things to consider. But for me, I just, I want the team that I know I should have beat. That's the biggest thing to me, is that find me the team that I know I should have beaten. And that's the one that I want to play. The 817 texting in, better question is which defense do you want to face more? Which I think is a valid point too, because you just brought up how the Packers are forcing turnovers now which has always been their best complimentary feature. They might not have a shutdown defense, but they will take the ball away from you. They will take the ball away from you. The the defense, that, I mean, Tampa Bay's defense is better, like just flat out. If you want to talk about the way that they, uh, like the way that they can stop the pass, their net yards per attempt is fifth in the NFL on defense. They're number eight in points allowed. They're number seven in yards allowed. That's the team that, is going to play you better defensively. The Packers, on the other hand, while they have been getting takeaways, they're near the bottom of the league in yards per attempt allowed on the ground, and they're uh, 25th in net passing yards per attempt. So if you want to talk about a team that you can take advantage of on on offense, uh, the Cowboys, when they're on offense, can take advantage of the team, it's going to be Green Bay. That's a team that you can more handle. And we've seen Dallas has played really well at home this season. Outside of losing the game to, to Tampa Bay in the opener, they are undefeated at home this year, and they they score a lot of points at home. They're, you're talking about three times this year, all since Dak returned to the lineup, they've gone over 40 points at home. And so it's a it's it's not a, a great position. I feel like I would pick Dallas regardless of where they played. If they went to Tampa and played the Bucs, if they, if they were at home and played the Packers, I would pick Dallas regardless to win that game. I just, it, it's it's a tough situation to be in in terms of picking which monster you want to have to slay in terms of especially going against history and what they mean to your psyche and those sorts of aspects. Now, if you want to make an argument more specific to this organization, like, like the people in this organization now, the players here now, the coaching staff here now, the bigger beast to slay would be Rodgers. There's more direct history with the guys on this team with Rodgers and so that would in all likelihood be a a bigger mountain to overcome just personally for their own experiences than with Brady but Brady you're dealing with the whole organizations never beat him and you're talking about the all-time great and a guy who just does weird magical things when playoff time comes around and so it's a tough ask but in general I think I want I want Rodgers and I don't feel great about that or, or not Rodgers. I want Green Bay. I want Green Bay. If if this was if the if the quarterbacks were reversed, I I I wouldn't change my pick. This to me is I just want Green Bay 
and less about Rodgers or Brady in this instance. But what's truckwreck.com fan text have to say? So it looks like a lot of people are deferring to the defensive uh, side of the ball because they're kind of on the same page about the quarterbacks. You don't really want to play either of them. Uh, 817 saying Rodgers is on fire now. Might want to avoid him. Uh, Brady is a fourth quarter master. He's not really on fire, though. The team has won games, but he's yeah. he's struggled. The Packers might be. Yes. You know, for especially considering where they should be and where they were, they're on fire. And they might not be getting enough conversation around how well they've played just as a whole. It's not exactly due in part to Aaron Rodgers. But uh, my question would be, again, for you and the truckwreck.com text line, outside of the quarterback, what matchup for each team scares you more or most between those say. two yeah what matchup? i'm more i'd be more concerned with tampa and that's why I'd, i i would rather play green bay even though i think that right now the quarterback that scares me more in the immediate term would be rogers but the team i want is green bay and we've got a, a few people weighing in on the uh the youtube and the twitch chat over on youtube we've got uh kenneth not saying he'd rather play rogers we have sean rogers saying give me tampa over green bay uh, over on the Twitch, we've got Swaggy Booty saying, I want Dallas to end Brady's career. Wow. Uh, and uh, we got Dog Cat Daddy. That's a hell of a name. Please don't pull that. Uh, saying they'd rather play Green Bay. And I think that's the thing. If you're looking at just who the teams are, Green Bay is the team you want. Yeah. That's the team you want to play against. That's easy. So it's just the question of, is the is the the team that you're going up against worth inviting the mythicality and the 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 hill you have to climb mentally to welcome that quarterback to town. That's what it ultimately comes down to. It does. And there's a few matchups that you could, you know, pinpoint with each team that the Cowboys could face there that might give them trouble. Like the 817 says they're worried about playing the Packers because of Jair Alexander locking up CeeDee Lamb. Jair Alexander is very, very good. And if you can, as, as I said last segment, and as I've said recently, They'll go as far as the the Lamb to, to you know, the Dak to Lamb connection go. But you got to remember, uh, CeeDee Lamb also played, and I don't, I'm pretty sure Jair Alexander played that game, um, the one that they went to in November. That was a, a game where CeeDee Lamb went for 10 catches and 150 yards. It's been arguably the best game that he's played all year was was in that game. And so he, he took care of Jair Alexander just fine. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because you have two guys wearing number 12 and both very accomplished and really incredible histories against the Dallas Cowboys that uh, could give you trouble in the wild card round. And of course, you don't want to play against either of these guys, but I think I will defer to Mr. Belt here because I'd rather have that Packers team. It's too inconsistent, too... Uh, the personnel just isn't quite there, not where it needs to be. And as he said, Rodgers hasn't been great. No. They've just won. And it's almost in spite of him in some games. And that's totally fine because it's putting them and pushing them further and further into the playoff picture. Yeah. And I mean, look, part of the the equation here that we didn't even consider because we were talking about, you know, the defenses and, and uh, you know, what they do in terms of, at the quarterback position part of the equation here is also that running game though and what aaron jones has done to the cowboys consistently over his career which has not been again that's maybe not something that you want to invite three games in his career for aaron jones against the cowboys he's had 
19 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. 19 carries for 107 yards and four touchdowns. And in that game, he had seven catches for 75 yards. And then just recently in November, 24 carries for 138 yards. So Aaron Jones is a a tough thing to invite in addition to that. But again, if you're just talking about where Dallas can have success, I think the better football team is Tampa. And so I'd rather take on the Packers. We know who else we can ask is Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com. He joins us next right here on 105 Through the Fan. Welcome back to Sean and RJ on 105 Through the Fan. Alec Medford, Bobby Belt, and Justin Honore holding things down for you. As you turn it on, leave it on right here on the fan. Coming up on the other side, we will cross talk with the KNC Masterpiece and give way to them from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. But right now, it is time to go out to the Diamond Factory Hotline, where we are joined by DallasCowboys.com's Nick Eatman, brought to you by Ford, built for Texas, built for you. Nick, Happy New Year. How's it going, my man? It's going pretty good. Happy New Year to you guys. What'd you you do for New Year? Just uh, hang around watching TCU, celebrating like crazy that that the Metroplex has a, a championship football team? I I did watch the game. I didn't really hang out. I was not around Dallas. No, I was I was more in the Abilene area. But uh, we watched the game, both games. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty. It was pretty two really good games. I was thinking about this. Is there a like what what kind of an indictment is it on like and and I I like him. He's he's been with Texas this year. But like, what kind of an indictment is it on? the end of the Gary Patterson era that Sonny Dykes just comes in with basically the same team and turns them from under 500 to now they're playing Alabama or playing Georgia in the title. Oh, I feel like this is setting me up for a trap. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm throwing it out myself. I'm just wondering aloud. You can go mm-hmm, one, if you like. I'll, you know what? I could, I could tweet that to Gary and ask him, but he's blocked me. So I don't know. <laughs> Or that, or I think maybe he's got someone else that that runs that Twitter. Uh, I, I've never been a big fan of that of that uh, of that person, and then and subsequently that that school. So I uh, I found myself like not cheering for TCU, and I'm like, you know, I it's okay, you know, I, I like Sunny Dykes and all that. So, um, but I also have said I think on your show a few weeks ago, I didn't. I thought Alabama should have been the team. Picked in there, so uh, and I still do. I mean, that doesn't change. I mean, that just makes me think what Alabama would have done. Um, but um, it, it, hey, you got to give them credit. They're they're they've been they've been criticized all year long, and they uh, they keep they keep kind of showing, and they're using that card to because it, it can still works. It still applies. Yep. You know, I mean, everyone keeps saying, and I think what were they fourteen point underdogs now? I mean, yeah. So it, it happens every time, and I mean, it, it might work all the way to a championship. All I'm going to say is all hail the hypnotoad. But, Nick, uh, going to the Cowboys, we just had this conversation on the other side. I want to get your opinion. Who would you rather face in the playoffs, Brady in Tampa or Rodgers at home? Well, I mean, if you're just asking, just just be, you know, just which pick a game, I mean, I would probably face Tom Brady on the road, but but that's not what it means. I mean, you, I mean, what you're really asking is, do you want to be the number two seed or you want to be the five seed on the road? So I'll, I'll, number two, I'll take I'll take Aaron Rodgers at home because that's what it means. It means you're number two at home. Uh, you have to you play a home game. If you can win, you get another home game for sure, and you might get a third if you can get to the championship game. And then at the five seed, you will you know you will play on the road. 
probably play on the road again unless crazy stuff happens. And so, you know, that is just for, for all of that, I'm definitely going to say, you know, I'm definitely taking the, the, that scenario. But, I mean, I get what you're asking is, which goat would you rather have to chase around all day long? And they're both playing at this point. I mean, they both seem like they've kind of figured things out. Rodgers more than, than Brady, but, I mean, I, they both scare you. You haven't had success over either one. Um, but but if you just go back and look at the games, you know, they were they were one play from blowing out the Packers, not beating the Packers, mm-hmm. blowing them out. Fourth and nine, they throw a deep ball. You don't get that. It is over. And then they end up losing on the road in overtime. Uh, as for Tampa Bay, I know it was, you know, years ago it, felt, it feels like, but they had no chance of winning that game. And so um, I, you know, long answer, sorry. I think I'd take the Packers in any scenario. I'll take that one just because, especially because of what it would mean. You know, it was something that there was a lot of hand-wringing about, I think, on, on social media yesterday. Uh, but do you think the the point is just driven home to the Cowboys even more about finishing these games, given that now they're sitting here going, man, if we just finish off Jacksonville, like we're in a position yeah. to control our own destiny here. And instead, you're having to count on Brian Dable being serious that they're going to they're going to play all their starters and they're they're going to give it a, you know, 100 percent effort. And not just that, but that that's going to be enough to beat Philadelphia, who in all likelihood is going to have to run Jalen Hurts back out there. Um, but do you think it just it, it drives home a point to them of like, look, guys, if we just were to finish football games, let this be a lesson to you. Like we, we need to make sure we finish these things strong. Well, I think I think you're right. Like they they would they will say that, you know, they, they will say that and coaches believe that. I do not believe that at all. I do not believe in that. I don't believe that they they beat Green Bay on the road. They go beat Minnesota forty to three. Mm-hmm. They probably win because um, they were so much better than them. But they don't win forty to three, you know. And I don't know if they beat Philadelphia after the, after the, the Jacksonville loss. I mean, I just think it's the way your mind works. And you know, they they, they could have lost to Houston as well. I mean, but you're right about about finishing games. I mean, they're they're right there. But my point is, is I'm not one that looks at it and go, "Well, they're 12 and four. They should have been 14 and two. I don't believe that because if that was the case, you then you would have lost to Houston or you would have lost to Detroit. Sure. Which that game, if you remember, was really close. So I think it all works the way it works. But 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 you know, when when you're when you're arguing about Dak or arguing about this team or McCarthy and all that, I do think you should look at it and say. Hey, they got their quarterback back, and they've won. Was it eight out of ten or ten, nine yeah, out eight, of eleven? Yeah, yeah, eight out of ten. Eight, eight out of ten with two road losses in overtime, the games that, that that you you definitely could have won. And so I mean, I think I think Mike McCarthy deserves a ton of credit for what he's done, and especially these last few weeks when you when you say, oh, like losing your starting quarterback really does affect you. It really is hard to win games. You know, Philadelphia is a completely different team looking right now. And, and I think you, McCarthy should get some credit for holding this thing together with Cooper Rush when, when it's certainly not easy to do that. Nick, when you look at the way, you know, we it feels like forever ago that we were talking about how much the penalties kill this football team and how they're, they're just never going to be able to recover from it. It had been a big issue last year. Uh, and then in the first 11 games of this season, they were averaging seven and a half penalties a game. Uh, in the last five weeks, they're averaging three a game. They've they've had no more than four in a game, which was the fewest they had had in the first 11 weeks of the season is now the most they've had in the last five weeks. 
Is there hope? Which do you think is easier to clean up? Penalties or turnovers? Which is more within your control? And and if there's hope for the penalties, does that mean there's hope for the turnovers? That's a great question. And I wish I had the answer. I think it comes down to your level of aggressiveness. I mean, that's that's if you want to clean up something, you want to clean up the turnovers. I think it's probably easier to clean up turnovers because you're not really going off of anyone else's opinion. You're just covering the football, and every time you turn, you're not forcing the ball there over the middle like you really want to, but you're not. You're going to just check it down, and, and you know, you're going to do things where we're just, we're just not going to turn it over. If it's third and nine, you know, or third and goal from the nine, we're going to run a draw or fade to CD. We're not throwing the Schultz over the middle because for that reason. So I think it's easier to clean up that but 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 if that means it creeps in your head and it changes how you do things. As far as for the crew, I mean, as for the the penalties, you know, every week, you know, I do a show with Brian Broaddus. You know, he he knows who the who the officials are. He know McCarthy definitely knows who they are, and and they kind of coach it that way. And so, I I don't really know how 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 that's happened. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, the the false starts you just kind of get it in your head, pre snap penalties. But as for PI and and defensive holding and things like that. I mean, sometimes you just kind of, it comes down to, to the crew. I'm sure that the, the coaches have, have, have taught things and, and, you know, trying to put it in their heads more. But I mean, sometimes you, they're going to get in a situation still where they could get 10, 11 penalties based off, I think, what, what the crew looks like. Nikki Mandelis, Cowboys.com joining us right here on 105.3 The Fan. And as quiet as it's kept, uh, Tyler Biotish has really improved this season. He's been a stable piece in the middle of that offensive line. So, how lucky do you think the Cowboys were to avoid a major injury with him? I think, you know, you're definitely looking at continuity at this point in the year. And, and yeah, they, they were lucky. Because just when you, look, you looked at the injury, it, it, it looked like it was going to be one that was going to hurt him for a while. Uh, and be out. Uh, I thought McGovern did a nice job, you know, at, when he left. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's, you know, he's been a guy that, that I've, I've looked at for a year and a half thinking, Surely they could get better here. I mean, in the draft or, or free agency, I just felt like it was a, a, a not a weak link, but but something that could get better. You could just improve this area, and he's really been he's been really good. I mean, he has some moments, you know, strength. It, he's going to get overpowered at times, but but he he's been a, he's been a, he's a tough player, smart player. I think the shotgun snaps have been a lot better. So um, I, I think all in all. He's been someone that's played really well, but I think I think the Cowboys are kind of if if it, McGovern ends up playing at center this weekend, I think it'll be a situation that they'll you know they'll be excited to kind of see him uh, in this scenario and also against a team that's that's really good there on the defensive line. Is that your expectation? If Biotis doesn't go, is you think it's just the 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 combination we saw at the end of the game, or do you think? They say, hey, let's let's keep Tyler Smith at left tackle, McGovern at left guard. Let's run Brock Hoffman out here. Or, or if Matt Farniak can get his window started soon, maybe, you know, you run Farniak out there. How how do you think they're going to approach that? You know, that, that's such a tricky one. I get surprised every week, honestly. I mean, I get <laughs> I get it, it's just the way that they're doing things. I mean, I wouldn't have thought they would have moved Tyler Smith to inside the guard at this point and keep Peters there. But um and then, and then now you, you kind of wonder too. It's like, I mean, are, are you going to keep Ty, uh, Tyron Smith? You know, not now. If, if mm-hmm. we're if we're if we're changing things around, I mean, and putting 
Peters at left at left tackle, I mean, why wouldn't you put Tyron at left tackle? Then maybe a different right tackle. So I'm again, I'm not. I'm not dropping, you know, different scenarios. Sure. I'm not doing what Brad Sham did to you a couple of weeks ago. That we <laughs> yeah. ended up, ended up, you know, it was it's totally true. I really don't know that. I, I think they'll probably, I just get the sense they'll probably try to go with McGovern there at center because um, I think that's where it starts. I mean, who can snap it? Who can do the, the, the snaps that, that, that you feel comfortable with? Who can make the calls? Who can anchor kind of that middle of the line? And then you kind of go from there. And so I, I would just imagine it would be McGovern at center, and then they'll, they'll figure the rest out. Do we know when we will – will? do we have any sort of a timeline on when we're supposed to find out when Dallas is actually playing next week? Uh, it'll be when, when you know, we're, we're, we're busy doing something else. You know what I mean? It'll, <laughs> it'll, you know, that's usually the way it works, right? Um no, I, 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 again, I don't know what the league is doing. I mean, I don't. I, this is weird to me. This, this whole. Uh, I mean, what? I don't know what kind of drama we're trying to to save here. But uh, I mean, at some point today. But I, again, I. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, but you know, it's it's one or four, right? I mean, Eastern yeah. time. I mean, you. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I've thought all week long is that if this matters at all. It means it means the Giants and Philly will matter. It means they got to go at the same time. So it'll whatever they decide. They want to put it at one o'clock. They want to put it at four o'clock Eastern time. Whatever you know, it's I. It'll probably be four. Um, you know, but but I mean, it's going to be one of those two scenarios. It's got to be in now. Nick, do you have uh, any concerns with this last game now that it has sort of some meaning, especially if? the dominoes behind you fall if you can beat the commanders. Do you have any concerns of maybe some guys going out there and doing a little too much and maybe, you know, the soft tissue injuries and whatnot, the guys who are a bit banged up? Or do you have any concerns with them playing too much? No, I mean, yeah, oh, yes, yes, you have concerns. You have concerns of the game. You know, this is a really unique dynamic because, you sure, you, you wanted to see Philadelphia – lose and so you know see what this game matters but i guarantee there are people inside that organization probably on the medical staff that was hoping that they would get a break hoping that some guys that really need some time off will will take some time off or or get that uh, luxury and and now they really won't get to do that as far as worried about it i mean it just you know it is it is what it is i mean they're going to have to figure out how to how to play this game the right way um and you know they're going to go to try to win it you know, if you flip it, though, to the other side, to the Giants, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, about are they going to play guys and stuff like that. And I've heard, I hear people say it all the time about they're going to treat it like a preseason game. Like, you cannot do that. This is not a preseason game. The Giants cannot treat it like a preseason game. Preseason games have 75 players on your roster. 22 of them are sitting there with, with sunflower seeds and no, no pads on. You can't, obviously, you cannot do that. You've got eight guys you can put, you know, pretty much or seven guys on inactive and they can they can make some other guys backups. But if you've ever looked at a sheet or a, a stat sheet at the end of the game, I mean there's like one player who doesn't play. It's usually your backup quarterback. Yeah. I mean, everybody plays. So it, it and so you can say that we're gonna rest all these starters, but that means your backups are gonna play the entire game and special teams. So I, I that that'll that'll kill your death if you get some key injuries. So Yes, there are some key players that they can put out, or the Cowboys could do that as well if they want to. They want to go that route, but like 
you really can't rest your whole team at all. And so you're going to have to go out there and play. And, and you know, I wouldn't worry so much about what the Giants are going to do or not going to do. They're still going to have some guys go out and play. Philadelphia, I think, is banged up psyche-wise right now. So, and a ton of pressure on them. So it'll it'll you know it'll be an interesting game. We'll see what happens, but uh, you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens in both games at the same time. Nick, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys, take care. Go frogs, Nick. All right, no, always. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes, respecting the hypnotoad as we do in this studio. That's Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. Good enough to join us right here. On 105.3 The Fan. But coming up next, it is time to crosstalk with the KNC Masterpiece. We'll do that next on 105.3 The Fan. One final time here on 105.3 The Fan. Thanks to Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com for joining us earlier. And thanks to Bobby Belt for having me Touchdown. on the program today. Sean, RJ, Bobby, Luca. and Peyton <laughs> will be back tomorrow and for the rest of the week right here on Sean and RJ on 105 through the fan. But right now, it's time to cross talk with the KNC Masterpiece. Today, it's Mike Bassick and Reginald Adetua. How's Count it going, down guys? to kickoff. Woo! This is Mississippi State-Illinois game. It's It's got you all jacked up. Derek Harper versus Dak Prescott. I'm taking Dak. Versus Will Clark. Versus yes, versus Rafael, Rafael Palmero yeah. and also Nathaniel Lowe and Mitch Moreland and Look all the you. other yeah. first basemen. Bobby and, Thigpen. Yeah, all the all the uh, first basemen. And then who uh, who else did they draft from Mississippi State recently? Uh, Foskey, wasn't he Mississippi State? Eric Dampier, yep. Yeah, yeah Eric Dampier. <laughs> Hail State. Hey, I've got a note for you, Mike. Tell me. All right, I want you to, compare, I want you to compare these two stat lines here, okay? All right. 29 points per game, 7.4 rebounds per game, 8 assists per game, a steal, 4.2 turnovers per game, okay? Oh God, Compared to 45.6 points per game, <laughs> 11.2 rebounds per game, 10.2 assists per game, 2.4 steals per game, and only 3.2 turnovers per game. Is Those the other are, person LeBron? No, the first no. set is the last five games Luca played before you took vacation. The next set uh, is the five games Luca's played. This whole run coincided with you taking vacation. I'll tell you. So if they play, if he plays poorly tonight, I think we have something to discuss yeah, tomorrow. So Mike, you. if you would you quit so that Luca could go on like a historical run of games? If it, if you knew those things were going to happen, if, if I knew, knew that he that was going to be line. great and the Mavericks <laughs> are going to make the NBA Finals all the time, and yes, I would quit. Do you have do you, do you have do you have Luca rookie cards? I have quite a few. Yes. Okay, so then you're also making a business investment though, because if you know he's going to play at that level, then your rookie cards are just going to continue to ascend. Yes, even though cards have gone down a whole bunch in 2022. Oh, so, really? Rats. Yes. Why is that? Uh. I think people are realizing the overprinting of cards again. Uh, the just like the Federal Reserve, the amount, and the money and- yeah, the somewhat <laughs> the amount of cards. Uh, also, like, hey, there's Donruss, there's opt, there's like a zillion different rookie cards too. Uh, so, so you're like, hey, how many rookie cards are there of Luca? Well, if you take all the parallels and everything, there's like 300 different rookie cards. Mm. So it, it just people are starting to go, hey, they're still valuable because he's a rare player. He's that good. But they're also kind of like, gosh, there's just so many different ones. So the cards kind of went down. They could go, if he won the championship, they'd go up probably 20, 30 percent. Or if he averaged 45.6, 11.2 and 10.2 for the rest of his career. 
Yes. For the rest of his career. Yeah, the, well, that's what <laughs> we're talking though, about. Would Mike be willing to quit to ensure that stat line for the rest of his career? Even though in a weird way, and I would, but even in a weird way, <laughs> I've talked to my son about this, who's a big Maverick fan too, he's 14 years old, is I say, I don't really want him to average 30 points a game. I know that sounds weird, but I would love, I think the perfect Luka for the Dallas Mavericks, the championship Luka mm-hmm. would be like 25 to 27 points. 12 to 13 assists and about seven to nine rebounds. I'd, I'd want it to be closer to seven than nine because that means we actually have players that can rebound on the team that he doesn't <laughs> have to do it to. Mm-hmm. So I think in a perfect world, the perfect Luka is about 26 points, 12 assists, and eight rebounds. To me, that's assists. Wow. That, but Stockton I think, numbers. I think he he's, he's, giving, he's capable. He's giving those assists. It's just do you have the players to knock down those shots? It's fair. And then he doesn't have to shoot as much because he relies on other scores on the team. He's shooting 60% over the last five games. Is that good? It's really good. Okay. His yeah. three-point shooting's up to like 50%. He's making like 12 free throws a game. Which He's is just insane. Yeah, it really is incredible. I, I mean, Luka Doncic has always felt like a, like a Kahona shooter. But I always wondered about him being like a true shooter. And I think you get what I mean in the yeah. difference there. I'm starting to see some of like the tendencies towards true shooter, which I mean would be inc- entirely unfair when you talk about the pace that he plays with and his IQ on the on the court and the ways in which that he can get to whatever spot he needs to. Like that is the real game breaker for me is he can if he can be like a true shooter in that way. I, I think this my wa- it's funny all these conversations I actually had because my wife never watches sports and uh, she watched a little bit of the San Antonio game with me, not mm-hmm. a lot, but kind of the finishing parts of what it. What does she think about the jerseys? She didn't mention the San Antonio jerseys. Dang it. Even though usually she does mention stuff like that or the colors of shoes mm. type of deal, uh, which is obviously very different yeah. from, you know, when I was playing, not in the NBA, but like high school. <laughs> like you wore, everybody wore black shoes or everybody wore red shoes. Like yeah. Now it's everybody's wearing crazy colored shoes, which makes a statement. Is she was asking me, did you know Luca was going to be this good? And I said, no. And I said, the other thing that I didn't know, and I'll throw it out to you, did you think he could keep improving this much year over year? No. Like I, I felt like that was sort of the discussion about him, was like he's so advanced for his age, like what you're buying with Luca. I felt like the conversation when he was coming out was, what you're buying with Luca isn't the potential, you're buying the floor. And like what he can be in terms of his uh, ability that he's, he's incredibly advanced, but you've got some of these other guys here who are maybe more athletically gifted, who have higher ceilings, but, but what you're buying is a, a real high IQ pro ball player, like right out of the gate. I like, I don't think anybody saw him like developing the, the step back that like just was not in his arsenal until he got here. Like that's where he developed it. And some of the, uh, like that, that damn plant pivot like swing back around fadeaway that he does all the time that yeah. that wasn't in his arsenal when he first got here and so I I, I mean it's it's absolutely incredible because it's like Kevin Durant has talked about with Luca before where he's like he looks like he's playing in slow motion like when you watch it it's like how is he that good and then you actually play against him and you're like holy crap how do you stop him like the way he just controls the pace of the game and and it's, and can play that way it, it, it's bizarre when you look at it it doesn't he doesn't look like he should dominate the way he does. My buddy Ryan Drees is a big Golden State Warriors fan. He's not a Luka fan. Now, it doesn't mean he doesn't think Luka's good, but he calls me all the time, and we talk. We talk baseball quite a bit. We love. We both love basketball. He's Drees former, had a great year in 04. Yeah, and former Texas Ranger, if you don't mm-hmm, know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about, is uh, 
he will talk about Luca and how he doesn't do certain things and this and that. But when you listen to Greg Popovich or you listen to other players around the league or other coaches around the league or people that do this for a living, I've been watching, uh, I forget the ringer guy's name. I think it's the ringer that he does. Kevin O'Connor. I believe so. Who's doing a podcast. It might be somebody else, but I mean, he, he broke down the 60 point game and you just go, Hey, you might, Say you might be listening right now. You might not be a Luca fan or a Maverick fan per se, but you go, guys, it's not just me or mm-hmm. it's not just Reggie or Bobby or, you know, it, who knows? Med- Alec Medford. Alec, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, was once, I was once Alejandro one time when I produced KNC. So it, it, everything's up for grabs. That's yeah. spicy. That's got a little, uh, little flavor to it. It does. The Lady Gaga song, Alejandro. Something Alec. Yeah. When those people <laughs> talk about Luca, Alec. When those people talk about him, <laughs> you can't just take a shot at me going, Mike, you're just a homer. Yeah. It's LeBron. It's Kevin Durant. It's Greg Popovich. It's it's the people that are coaching against him or playing against him who are saying these things about him. See, and that's one of the uh one of my arguments that I've pushed back against with like Dak critics sometimes is that, you know, when they'll say, Well, he's not worth this, I'm like, Okay, well the league says he is. Like the league says he's worth this dollar figure, and when you hear like Belichick talking about him or Sean Payton talking about him, or or like you in league circles, like Sean Payton believes, like, oh yeah, I could win a Super Bowl with that guy, or other coaches think if I had that guy, I could win a Super Bowl with him. That's where it's to me, it's like, well, my eye test is this. Well, your eye test, like, if you're not a, a professional who is like, you know, paid to build championship teams and, and paid to be within this, and and your eye test differs from theirs, and statistics differ from your eye test, like, well then I'm not going to take your eye test seriously. Mm. And it's just... I do want Broadus though, to call up his... I always call him the Big Seven, but I know it's not the Big Seven. What is... Group of Seven. The Group no, of Seven. No, it's the Gang of Seven. Or Get, gang, gang of Seven. Gang of seven. Because at the start of the year, I said no general manager would take Dak Prescott over Trevor Lawrence if you were building a team today. And he actually called up his Gang of Seven. And I can't remember if it was 4-3 to three for Dak or 4-3 to three for, for Trevor. But, but it was, was tight. A, yeah. It was a 50-50 split on the people he called up, I believe, pretty mm-hmm. much on... Dak versus Trevor Lawrence. I wonder now that this season is coming to a close, what those people would say if they had that decision to make for their future organization now, Trevor versus Dak. Yeah, either either the same or I'm sure like there wouldn't be any like Trevor to Dak flips. It would if anybody flipped, it would be Dak to Trevor. Um, and I wonder how much of that is just like age in some ways. Um, yeah, age, I mean, but it's I mean, not like Dak like, is wildly older, but also if we're talking about for future building your team but type yeah, situation. Yeah, but I mean, you're also talking about like the tools of like everybody goes like, okay, well, this is like Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, like Trevor, the, that's the kind of tools we're talking about here. And so, and that's, that's never been Dak's game. Dak was never like the toolsy, like that's why he went in the fourth round. Yeah. Like that's, that's his, he, he's not going to have those elite sort of tools, but yeah, we lo- we know an NFL team will fall over themselves if you have elite like qualities even if it's not all together my gosh the though the one that i always go to and this is a, this is an example of obviously a top tier player but you take a guy like there's a guy out of um i think he went to virginia uh virginia tech lawrence gibson was a tackle michael they vick. drafted yeah that was the one right there uh michael vick uh no the cowboys drafted lawrence gibson this tackle back in 15 in the seventh round and he never played an nfl game for anybody but Oof. he was on 
including like Jim st- Drunkenmiller. He was signed. He was Dunkin. signed fourteen times My by teams. Uh. He could, the guy could not play football. He was a seventh round pick, but he was this big and strong freak and fast. tackle. Yeah. And they're just like, huh? I'll figure it. Out. I mean, the guy literally. It was like fourteen times he was signed, and I think it was spread amongst ten different teams. Never, never made an active roster. Just always somebody going. I can make that work, and they realize quickly. Oh no, I can't. Bobby, you study the draft a lot, and I know that it's not draft time yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch much college football. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are getting excited about watching college football mm. today. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. If you were the Texans today, who would you take number one? Who would be your quarterback for the Houston Texans? The league would take Bryce. I think. Like oh. I, I, I really, yeah, I think so. I think the league would take Bryce Young. Oh, I thought you were about to go, but no, I'm just gonna say I, I really do think like C.J. Stroud has the, I think CJ Stroud could very easily be better than Bryce one day. Mm-hmm. Bryce is so thin. Bryce looks like he's like 170 pounds running around out there sometimes. Yeah. Um but yeah, probably Bryce if you're it, taking Bryce. I, probably. You're running yeah. the Texas. And I and I Alec? haven't I haven't studied the quarterbacks yet, but just like knowing what I know about them, I'd probably take Bryce. I'm probably going Bryce day one as well. I feel like the touch is there. Something that has really impressed me is his anticipation. I think that's his strong suit. That's something that he has ready to go right now, and that's something that the Texans just don't have right now with a guy like Davis Mills. I do agree with Bobby, though. I think Stroud, you could look at this, you know, when they're both off their rookie contracts. Stroud could easily be better. He's got that it factor about him. He's got a cannon of an arm. And to Bobby's point, he's bigger right now, too. He's just bigger built, and he could go to a worse situation and get thrown around a little bit and not be as worried as I would with Bryce. CJ Stroud, I was watching his post-game press conference, and I was struck by something I'd never noticed before, which is how much he looks like Tyga. Huh. I'm going to show it to you during the break. Reggie, Reggie, who would you pick? By the way, this is going to be a football question to Kevin and Corey. Tomorrow. uh, So you're like, you know, testing testing it out. If you had to pick right now before (laughs) combines, before all the other stuff, you had to pick right now for the Texans. Who are you taking? Right now, I take Bryce Young as well. I'll make this a clean sweep. But And it's really because, and it's weird to say when you consider that we're talking about Alabama, but Bryce Young has already been in that place where he's kind of been asked to be the entire engine of the team. It's kind of amazing me, it, it, I've, as I've watched this football season unfurl, that that is a team that has basically been like, here, Bryce, we are going to depend on your individual brilliance to get our offense down the field. And he has done that pretty well. Now, obviously, this hasn't been normal Alabama standards, but he's done that pretty well. And that's kind of what you're going to be asked when you get thrown into Houston Texans. All right. What's coming up on the show today, fellas? Oh, yeah, I forgot that we're doing that. Uh, We should be talking to Cowboys Executive Vice President of Player Personnel, Stephen Jones. Get all that inside information. Typically at 12 noon, we will confirm that through the show. Um, But also, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Mike Bazic here played baseball with What? and other teams amongst that. Okay. um, He's been gone for a while. He's going to break down some of the stuff in baseball nuggets at 1041, including... Uh, this rotation and how uh, Nathan Evaldi will, the, the definitive uh, discussion on ha- Nate, how Nathan Evaldi will fit into this team. So those things are coming up, which all sorts of The next Nolan Ryan talk. from Alvin, Texas. Oh, okay. <laughs> I Look, I did not anticipate that, but maybe that's what we get as well at 1040. Hey, man, looking forward to it. And Reg, what? hail the hypnotoad. I, look, I'm with it.
Let's hey, go. text Quinn in. Johnson. If you're if you're in your car driving, text in because there's not many people in their car driving on 75 right now. <laughs> yeah, show your support for the KNC <laughs> masterpiece. They got you 10 to 2 p.m. right here on 105.3 The Fan for Justin Honoré and Bobby Bell and myself, Alec Medford. We will catch you guys next time. Sean, RJ, Bobby, and Peyton back 5:30 to 10 tomorrow right here on 105.3 The Fan.